You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host. Maddie Moon. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mind Body Musings podcast. This is your host, Madeline Moon. And today we are talking about one of the most tried and true topics for this podcast show, and that is body image, body insecurity, exercise addiction, uh, body dysmorphia, uh, disordered eating, and all of those things. This is, for those uh, of you who are new listeners, this is where the show all began. If you go back into the first 50 to 100 episodes of the podcast, it is pretty much all about body image and loving your body and letting go of rigid eating patterns and um, starting your healing journey through that. And every once in a while, I like to return to this topic of conversation, not only because it's so... um, prevalent in our society no matter how much body work that we do as a collective to step into our bodies reclaim them accept them eventually love them use them move forward in our life get over all this body image stuff it is still a huge problem and it still needs to be talked about as often as possible to bring us back down to earth and remind us that we are not here for our bodies We are not here to perfect this thing that is essentially a gift from the universe. We were given it so that our soul would remain safe while it was here on earth and then we return it. So before I go into that and talk about what's recently inspired me to speak on this topic again, I want to read the review of the week and this comes from Kenzie Loves Potatoes. And she says, such a spiritually nourishing podcast with five stars. I found this podcast in the beginning to middle of my own healing journey and has been such a positive impact in the process. I recommend it to anyone going through a soul searching, soul rearranging, soul finding process as Maddie's words are honest, refreshing, comforting, and challenging all at once. Thanks so much for your words, Maddie. You da bomb girl. <laughs> Thank you so much. Kenzie loves potatoes. I love potatoes too. I'm so with you. If you are a fan of the podcast and you would like to support us, please leave a review by going to iTunes, clicking ratings and reviews, write a review, and let me know what you think of the show. And if it is kind and a five stars, I will read it on this show. And please know that just by you listening if you send an episode to a friend that is supporting not only your own healing journey but that journey of someone else and I am incredibly grateful to all of you who are listening to this show reaching out leaving reviews and implementing what we talk about on here 
If you want to get a free book and a free 30-day trial of Audible, go on over to audibletrial.com slash mindbodymusings. You will get a free book of your choice. I have a 100-plus must-read book list on my website. If you go to the free gifts tab, I will include a link to that on the show notes to this. And you can look at all those books. I've got a whole body image section. So if what we talk about today really relates to you, go check that book list out and then go head on over to Audible and get one of those books so that you can listen to it in the car or at the gym or while you take a walk. Okay, so diving right on in. As I have shared on the show recently, I've been traveling around And I believe that nothing really opens up your life like travel. I mean, there's many different things that help you to unravel fears, face fears, unravel limiting beliefs, push you forward, get out of your comfort zone. But there's something about travel that really tests you in many different ways. It tests your ability to get out of your routine, to go with the flow, to trust yourself or trust your travel partners to let loose, to be in the space of the unknown. And for me, I know that when I'm in a major space of the unknown, aka what's going to happen next month? Is this relationship going to last? Um, Does this person like me? Like all of those thoughts that our ego tries to latch onto. Whenever I am traveling, I really come face to face with a lot of those periods of the unknown, not knowing, especially right now as I am moving around state to state with my boyfriend, we have no concrete plans. We don't know if we're going to settle down somewhere, if we're going to continue to travel for a while, where our um, our friends might be in a certain city, where do we find those friends, what events should we go to. Every day is very new. And with all of that said, without having that consistent routine, with every day being very different from the one before, that brings up a lot of body image stuff, a lot of old body image stuff. So though I have done years and years of healing my body image, I started in a very dark place. Seven years ago, I was the person that would be running on the treadmill for an hour and a half a day to beat the time I did the day before, consistently doing that day after day, always needing to add at least a minute more than the day before, and having exercise addiction, living my life by numbers, looking at how many calories I was burning, how many steps I took in a day, how many calories I ate, macros, so how much protein I ate, fat I ate, sugar I ate, carbohydrates, um, how much I weighed, like numbers, numbers, numbers. For being a masculine-minded woman, who was craving to be as rigid as possible. Keep in mind, this is not the pure version of the masculine I speak often of. This wasn't like a warrior kind of masculine, the strength, a protector. This was toxic. This was, I need to be perfect. I need to have everything in control. I need to be rigid. I need to be one of the guys. I found self-righteousness in being the only woman at the gym on Valentine's Day. I was so proud about that. I thought I was better than other people. Because my ego was looking for a reason to be better than everyone. It was looking for entitlement. Entitlement is not just that though. Entitlement is one of two things. It is either everyone sucks, I'm better than everyone, or everyone is better than me, I suck. Both of those are entitlement. 
you're entitled to be different. You're entitled to be a victim or you're entitled to be separate. The ego loves separation. I've been reading um, Eckhart Tolle's new, not new book, Eckhart Tolle's book, A New Earth. And it talks all about this. If you're interested in learning more about why you're always trying to separate yourself from your peers, your friends, those around you. Well, the ego looks for reasons to do that. And that comes into play with body image. So particularly at that time when I was craving to live a very rigid lifestyle, have everything in my control, feel powerful by being in control, that was on an energetic level, but also on a physical level. Like energetically, I wanted to be rigid and hard and not let anyone in and not feel my emotions because that was all way too sensitive and weak and feminine. I didn't want any of that because I didn't understand all of that. And I didn't understand the power of that because no one teaches us that. But energetically and mentally and spiritually, since I was like that, it only makes sense that physically I was trying to match up with that. If energetically I wanted to have armor on where no one could feel into my emotions, physically I created that armor too by wanting to be as small as possible as thin as possible take up as less space as possible it was a combination of all of that be quiet be rock hard be different than everyone be unique have control my ego was running the show oh my god my ego man now that I look back and and look at this from a perspective of ego I see that The body image stuff was just, it just keeps unfolding into so many layers of what was going on there. I was trying to be in control in every way. I was trying to be entitled. I was trying to be different. I was falling prey to comparison and what the media was telling me about perfectionism and being beautiful and being everything and being worthy and being loved. And at the same time, my ego fell into all that because it wanted to be different. It wanted to be separate from everyone. It wanted to have form and a label. wanted to be the fit chick. Because if I'm the fit chick that's at the gym on Valentine's Day and one of the guys, then man, I'm a unique individual. I'm different. I'm perfect. I'm doing all the work. I'm tough. Somewhere along the way, with that being the only message that was being basically vomited into my face, there was no room for anything else. There was no one teaching me the value of of curves and softness and femininity and allowing myself to be both strong and weak the dark shine the the shadow side the light side to be a raging warrior to be a raging goddess to be a raging monster at times as long as I'm connected to my heart to be soft to be supple to be billowy in a way to let go, to rest. No one was telling me all of this. No one was hopping on the television or coming to my school or get making it into Cosmo magazine talking about the beauty of gaining fat, of letting go of calorie counting, of putting on five pounds this Thanksgiving and then letting your body work itself out without you having to do anything about it. Just let the cycle happen. No one was coming on to share these messages. So it's only natural that So many of us are going all out on the perfectionism and the rigidity because there's nothing on the other side unless you're one of the few people actively hopping on podcasts or signing up for summits or watching YouTube channels about women talking about letting yourself 
love your body exactly how it is now, dressing for the body you have now, eating food that makes you feel good, intuitive eating. So like I was saying, I've been traveling and I would say for the past year, I'll be honest with y'all, I've, I fell into a pretty mundane eating routine and, and the way that eat that works for me when I eat is very different from the way that's going to work for you. I am a frequent tiny meal throughout the day person. I'm always eating. I really am. And my body just, I have much better digestion whenever I'm eating every two to three hours, smaller portions than whenever I'm eating three big meals a day. I just feel like my digestion is much more on point. That's what works for me. So eating that way can very easily fall into a routine, especially if I'm doing that. And then when I was living in Colorado, I had I had an apartment. I, I knew where my gym was. I knew where my my friends were. I knew what my acro was. I knew on these days I go rock climbing. These days I do a little bit of high intensity interval training. I eat this way because it makes me feel good. And that worked really well for me because I love moving my body. It's how I get embodied. It's how I get back in touch with my heart is by moving my body. Now, did bodybuilding make me embodied? No. So I don't want to confuse anyone there that all movement means you're getting in your body. No, no, no. There's some forms of movement that take me way out of my body. While I've been here uh, traveling around with my boyfriend, we have gone to a gym together a few times just to work out and train together because that's fun. And I noticed that though, when I do that, it takes me back to where I was when I was a 20-year-old training for my first bodybuilding competition at a 24-hour fitness and comparing myself in the wall-to-wall-to-wall mirrored room and it's not it doesn't make me embodied I don't feel like a feminine creature when I'm in a 24-hour fitness lifting weights some days it's helpful and some days it is therapy but on a macro scale mm, it's not creative enough for me and I really enjoy creativity when I'm moving my body that's why I love acrobatics and I love dance and I love um Pilates too because it's good music it's spirited people teaching it it's guided it helps me just really get into my body and push myself so getting embodied is different for everyone so that's very important to note but with this traveling I have noticed now that the way I eat has been completely flipped on its head because now I have to take into consideration the way my my boyfriend Matt wants to eat and if he wants to go out and if he wants to have a Um, a morning where we're snuggling instead of going to train together you know I have to adapt I've got another person's personalities and wishes and desires that I take into consideration throughout my day and basically another thing has made it to the top of my list of things that are important whenever I was single and living home it was easy for me to be in my routine and now that I am traveling currently in California beautiful sunshine living with a man that I love um, more flexibility, more need for rest. Believe me when I say that. Oh my gosh, I'm very active being out and hanging out with people, but man, do I need rest. I got to recharge. So that means working out and my working out routine has made it mm, not at the top of my list. I haven't been doing as much acro. I haven't been going to rock climb. I haven't been doing my high intensity interval training. I don't work out a particular amount of days doing Pilates. I'm kind of like, let's just see how the day goes. Same with food. I know what works well for me and I try to stick to what makes me feel good in my body. 
But I've noticed that with this, with my routine being swept underneath me like a rug being taken out underneath my feet, at the beginning of this travel venture, there was some control issues that I had and some body image thoughts. And I was open about them. I spoke about them to my partner. I said, hey, this is not your thing to work on, but just know if I'm quiet today, it's because I'm working through some body image thoughts. You know, him being the kind person says, can I do anything? And if I, if there's something he could do in that moment, I would let him know. Um, maybe one day it was that I just wanted to keep my body to myself. You know, I didn't want to be um, having sex that day because I just really needed to be in my body as much as possible. Maybe it was the opposite. Maybe like having sex five times a day was exactly what I needed to get out of my headspace and really get into my, my sexuality. And that was purposeful. So on one hand, it's really important to know when your body insecurities come up, one of the, what the root could be. Especially for me right now, if I have body image stuff that comes up, which it does, because I'm out of control, because I lost my routine. So naturally, the body image stuff comes up because it's the thing that I want to control to be in my routine. It's like old limiting belief stuff. The first step is to have awareness to know what's going on. Own it. Speak it out loud if you're around someone. Don't be ashamed of that. If you're ashamed of that, you're feeding it. You're giving it power. If you think that because you've done five years of healing on your body image, you're weak for having a bad body image day, that weakness, that shame that you're giving yourself is going to be the exact thing that keeps you there. So the first step to having body insecurities or a bad body image day is to recognize it claim it say oh I see it you know voice it out loud or write it in your journal own up to it it says nothing about your character at all it's just a thing that's happening that's okay know that it is your journey to work through it a lot of times people will put it on their partner or their friend or their family to make it better people can help if you if you give them clear instruction That's a key thing. If they ask you, can I do anything to help after you share, my insight would be to either hold off and then like, first of all, that's awesome they asked. So just feel full of gratitude that you have someone in your life that cares about you enough that they want to know if they can help. So first off, just recognize that. How cool is that? And if they don't ask if they can help, that's okay. No, nothing has been taken from you. You are not less... Um, powerful in this instance because someone around you can't help you. That's totally fine because ultimately whether or not they offer or don't offer, it's not their job. It's our job. So after you claim it, you recognize it, you speak it out loud. If you have something someone can do, make the request. Make the request. Maybe you need the afternoon to be home alone. Maybe you need the afternoon to go out and pamper yourself in some way. Maybe you need for a full day to just kick back and relax and not be asked and to make any decisions by your partner. Maybe you just can't do a decision today. You can't tell them what, what you're going to eat for dinner. You just want to let go of all responsibility. And, and maybe you, you set the container for that by speaking what you need. It's okay to ask for help. This is something the feminine often struggles with is receiving knowing you do not have to do everything on your own. 
we have that very mothering energy where we want to nurture and take care of others. But at times, especially when you're, when you're feeling like your emotions are heightened and you're really needing control over something, the most important thing you can do is slow down. Don't go so fast. Don't fill the silence so quickly because you're afraid to be with your feelings. Don't be so quick to tell someone you don't need anything. That's totally what I do. So when Matt often asks me, can I do anything to help? My automatic response at the beginning of this was to say, nope, mm -mm, nope, just nope, 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 nope. Just forget it. I'd get antsy. I'd walk around the room. I'd just like be fidgety and I would act really tough and I would say, nope, I'm fine. Don't just know that I'm dealing with body image stuff, but like you can't do anything about it. Don't worry. And then through time, as I've learned to trust him more and more and to be able to open to him because it's important to be decisive about you, who you open up to, there's the phrase, don't go to the hardware store for milk. If there's someone in your life that always makes you feel worse, don't go to them <laughs> to help you. You want to make sure you're selective about who you trust in your most vulnerable state. So if it's someone you do not trust that is offering to help, maybe now is not the time to give them that instruction, but later come back to it and give them that instruction once you think about it. So give yourself time to think about it, to ask yourself, what could really help me in this moment? What could really alleviate my body image worries? Is there something that this person can do? And take note of that. Maybe it's time to, to start a note in your notebook where you write things like a toolbox, things that would really help you in those states of heightened body image insecurities, things that people can do to aid you along. And that becomes part of your toolbox. Now, whether or not they do that, doesn't determine whether you move through this or not. That's important to keep in mind. Ultimately, it's always going to be our work to do. So coming back to this conversation around body image and body insecurities, this is something that many of you struggle with on a regular basis. So I just want to make room for that. This is normal and it comes back. It doesn't mean you haven't done the work. Recently, I was talking on my Instagram about just body insecurities, things that we have about our own body, stuff that we have, stuff we don't like, stuff we think we're the only ones with. And I decided to hop on my Instagram to talk about something that I have that I think I'm the only one ha having it. So I'll bring that into this podcast because I think it's applicable and maybe you will relate. So I don't know about you, but I don't feel like we see enough vaginas. <laughs> Let's just be real about this. We do not see enough vaginas and we don't see enough boobs. And I'm talking real vaginas, real boobs, not porn, not perfectly photoshopped black and white nude art on Instagram that has 10 million likes. I'm talking raw, real, vulnerable, open, splotchy, covered with moles, freckles, big, small, upside down, inverted. Like we do not see the wide range of diversity as straight women, particularly. People who are gay probably have seen so many more. If you are male and you're listening to this and you have girlfriends, you've probably seen so many as well. But straight women, well, we, for, unless we're going out there and we're showing each other, I'll show you mine if you show me yours, or we saw 
we were raised in a community where people were nudists. Like we don't see many. So when we look down and we see what we have, it's so normal to think what the actual heck is going on down there. And I talked about this before and I'll bring it here again. I had been getting honey waxes for about six months when I lived in Boulder and I made the grave mistake of shaving between waxes once and never ever 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 do that if you're getting waxes but something about getting waxes and then combining combining it with shaving if you're waxing you're only supposed to stick with that if you're shaving just stick with that I combined the two and had a massive breakout which eventually led to something called folliculitis and it was a very it is but it particularly for the first seven months was a very awful awful journey Folliculitis is not fun. If any of you have had it, I totally sympathize with you. But basically, I had follicles that were getting infected. And it's all down there in the most sensitive area of my body. The most, like, the most feminine, really, is what I was associating it with. And the part of my body that if I'm with my partner or whoever I'm dating, they're going to get excited to see. And then I was scared that whenever it's bah, comes out and it's terrifying looking, it's ah, blah, blah, blah. all the, I had so much shame about it. So much shame. I went back to my waxing studio and I asked them, can you help me? And they did particular, they gave me these yoni facials where they went in, got all the ingrowns, put a certain serum on it did it again, did it again. I tried going to a different type of waxing. I tried all these serums. I tried all these medications. I went to my dermatologist. I mean, I can't tell you how many people have seen my vulva after this experience. It was bad until the answer finally became I had to get LASIK surgery. The only way to heal what I was having down there, the folliculitis, was to get laser hair removal and completely kill off the hairs totally. And so I had to put down money to do that and I'll make appointments and it's just been a really long journey and I had a lot of shame around this so much shame this this amount of shame kept me from wanting to be intimate it kept me from wanting to be intimate with myself because in my mind I was saying there's only one way to have a vagina there's only one way to have a sexy feminine body and I noticed this is the same thing that I did with my body all of my life. There's only one way to have a belly. There's only one way to have a face, to have hair, to have makeup, to have fingernails. And what is that one way? Perfect. And what is perfect? Made up. You see, the media and us have a very abusive relationship. It's a very emotionally abusive relationship. They create tension with us by revealing a problem we have that we didn't know we had. They hammer it into our heads. They blame us. They shame us. They make it very clear there is a problem. We're waiting on the edge of our chairs out of fear, biting our fingernails, terrified of this problem that we had, that we didn't know that we had an hour ago, waiting for the solution until they finally tell us they have a solution. Yes. The fear is alleviated. The anxiety is alleviated. There's something we can do. And so then when we find out what their product is, their services, their program is, we latch onto it. Because this fear, the fear they created within us is so powerful, we will do everything to fix it. Because our ego, again, is trying to attach, trying to attach to this new label. We had an old label we weren't even aware of. That 
label, let's just call it not good enough, imperfect, flawed. And then we're shown that there is a new way we can have a new path and it is perfect and it is a reason to feel good every day. And this is how you get confidence. And so that new label perfection is then what our ego attaches to and it will do everything to show us that we're not that. It will look for all the reasons we are not that. It will continue to want to be exposed to ads that remind us we don't have the perfect body, follow programs, follow Instagram stars that we, that, that discourage us and make us want to have that body even more to keep us on this chase because it keeps the ego busy. Okay. So when you have these fears come up, that's why I'm, I'm stating this. This is normal. This is happening on a deeper level, on a subconscious level. There is a emotionally abusive relationship happening with the rest of the world. And what is the cure? There's many cures. There's many fixes for this. The most important one is wash, rinse, repeat, because this is a forever journey because there's always going to be new ways they can market to us. So do not be discouraged or frustrated if you're continuing to come back to this place of loving yourself, of letting go of this stuff controlling you. Instead, look at it as an opportunity to make your love even deeper. Okay, so you had one body image issue with your belly. You worked on it. You learned to love your belly. You you grew to appreciate it, to have gratitude for the belly that you have and what it can do and the food it digests. Great. Let's say six months later, you have another fear that comes up. Well, now you've already got this baseline of self-love. You've, you've spent time creating. Now we can go even deeper into whatever that next thing is. It's a deeper layer. You go, you go and create a new baseline. So I was talking to my, I've talked to my Instagram peeps about this folliculitis stuff. And I had a lot of people say, oh, I've got this. I've got this. Oh my gosh, I've got this. I had no idea that Maddie had this. I've got this. And then I took it another step further and I had a conversation with my boyfriend about this. And I thought, man, considering I never see any vaginas, any real vaginas, I wonder what they look like. So I told him about this. I was very open. I've always been very open about my fear and shame around my folliculitis because I just rather have it be spoken, not from a place of, hey, I need you to validate me and say that everything's okay, but rather curiosity. And he had told me, Madeline, Every woman I've ever been with, they all have something down there. They all all have bumps. I've never, ever before seen someone who didn't have this. And of course, there's varying degrees. A lot of different people have different things. But here's here's the facts. If you are doing anything to change that very sensitive area, there's going to be something else that happens. There's always going to be some sort of sacrifice. To not have hair, you might have bumps. And this trade-off happens with everything else. If you listen to your body image insecurities and you, you're telling yourself day in, day out, and you're attaching to your thoughts and you're saying, I don't look good enough. I'm too big. I'm too big. My vagina looks too weird. I have too big of fingers, whatever it is. If you want to fix those things and you go to those lengths of changing the way your body naturally wants to be, there will be a trade-off. There will be a sacrifice you have to make. And you have to ask yourself, what is more important to me? Having that made up standard of how I think I'm supposed to look because of the media planting that idea in my head or loving the way I am now and moving on. If you choose to go back to those lengths and you choose to lose the weight, to get the surgery, to shave off the hair, to do whatever, there's going to be some kind of trade-off. Maybe it means you no longer have such a 
thriving, vivacious social life because now you have to be in the gym and you can't be going out for drinks and you can't be eating tapas with your friends. Is that the trade-off you want to make? There's no right or wrong here. There's no judgment. My goal for you is to really take a step back or take a step up, let's say, and have a bird's eye view of what's happening. Because remember, these are all thoughts. These are all just thoughts that you're having. You're living in your own thought-filled world. So the deeper answer to all of this, I say, is meditation. Go listen to the episode I did with Yashoda, Devi Ma, on Vedic meditation, because this will clear up a lot. If you just get out of your thoughts, really, if you learn how to live past beyond your thoughts and your thoughts no longer control you, you will be able to have these body image thoughts without them steering your entire day because you've rewired your brain chemistry effortlessly. It won't be so much work. That's a side note. And I'm making it a side note, but really is a very, 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 very big note. If you're going to make any change, I would say get into meditation. Because right now, all of these issues are coming from a world full of thoughts, aka something that's made up. It's make-believe. Okay, so that's that. But for those of you who are not doing meditation, understanding the trade-off is one of the most important things you can do is always coming back to that. There was a time I was talking with Stephanie Ruper. She's an amazing woman. I've had her on the podcast, I think twice. One of the things she said is when she's working with clients, and I've I've started to pick this up over the last few years, I've told my clients this who really struggle with body image, and it's kind of jarring. But if those thoughts are swirling in your mind and you really feel like you are a victim to them, you can always go back. Hey, you can always go back to eating chicken and broccoli and working out six times a week and doing cardio and saying no to friend dates and dates. You can always go back. You could you could go back today. You can sign up for a new meal plan. You can sign up for a new diet coach. You can get your Fitbit back on your arm. You can do all those things. And if you really go there and you imagine yourself doing all of that, typically speaking, for those of you who are really ready to no longer be a victim to all of this shit, when you go back there and you realize how, how empowered you really are of your decisions, you are capable of having that body, it no longer becomes something that's so mysterious and without your grasp. The emotional abuse dissolves because you realize that you have the power to go and create that body. And then it becomes a choice. Do you really want to starve yourself? Do you really want to go back into that cycle? The cycle that you know you will inevitably leave. Because you know, deep down, you can't keep up with that calorie plan. You know, deep down, you can't go on with no longer having sex because you're afraid of your folliculitis. You know that you can no longer go on eating asparagus and broccoli 15 times a day. You know that deep down. I'm not saying that everyone knows that, but most likely if you're listening to this show and you are ready to live a life that is full of passion and creativity and sensuality and femininity and softness and ease and letting go and not being controlled by your thoughts or the ego, you're not going to deliberately choose to go back into that life. That's the life of your past. You've moved on beyond that. Those thoughts may still come back. Sure, they do for me. But the question now is, is what do we do with that? So I'm going to give you my insight 
I spoke on this also on my Instagram. If you're not following me on Instagram, head on over because I do a lot of teaching there. But there are certain things that really resonate with the tribe and I realize, okay, this is time for me to do a podcast on this. So here's what I've come to do over the past year when body image thoughts strike. One of the questions I was asked today was how do you not let a body image thought completely ruin your day, control your day? Here's what I do. Rather than focusing on how can I make my body feel better? What can I do? What kind of meal should I eat next to make my body feel better? What kind of workout or movement should I do to make my body feel more fit? If I have a negative body image thought, I no longer go to the body to help soothe it. I actually go into my heart space and I ask myself, very specifically, it's not, not, this is not going to be vague. I ask myself, what can I create out of this emotion? So let's say I'm having a negative body image thought where I'm feeling um, curvy, wide, and that makes me feel less than for whatever reason. In that moment, I ask myself, what can I create? This might be a creation such as writing. I might want to write a short story. I might want to write a poem. I might want to do a solo podcast and release my shame, release my fears, or teach. I might want to coach. I might want to create a dance. I mean, maybe it is movement, but it's so much more than just moving my body so that it feels like my digestion is moving. It's actually because I want to feel my heart space and moving my body to the song Unsteady makes me feel good. And I feel like I'm creating something. Maybe I want to have a phone call. Maybe I want to go to a pottery class and make something with my hands. But I always turn to creation now. I love poetry and when I'm creating, I might write something that is on that deeper issue because anytime we're struggling with a body image thought, it's always deeper. It's always around love or worthiness or why am I here or death or a breakup, um, control, not being enough. It's always around those things. So I might write a poem about that. I might go into that space, that really vulnerable space and write a really beautiful short story about vulnerability or I might write erotic fiction to really get into my sensuality I might paint something okay I might not paint something because I cannot paint worth anything but I might have um, a drawing that I want to do that's really simple and it might be about that deeper emotion or it might actually just be about the body image writing a poem to my younger self about around loving her body even when I'm in that emotion that feels like body image crap I feel I feel insecure, I don't feel worthy. Can I create something out of that emotion? This is something I've done for a few years, but I've taken it to the nth degree um, with, my, with my teachings that I've done with um, my relationship group, where we really get into the nitty gritty of feelings and emotions and are feminine or masculine. So the feminine is all about creativity. Think about our bodies, we birth. And creativity is the ultimate birth, really. So when you're creating something, you're really getting back in touch with your feminine. It's a roundabout way. It's a shortcut way to get into your feminine without just sitting there and saying, I don't feel feminine. I don't feel soft. I don't feel sexual. How do I get there? Create something. Use your heart and your emotion to write a poem, to send an email, to write a program for your coaching business you're starting, to write a short story that short story that's been on your mind forever. Who cares if it goes anywhere? It's serving a purpose. It's healing something within you. Never underestimate the power of creativity. So as I I, I leave off with that, I want to 
come full circle back to me sharing about my folliculitis on my Instagram. One of the things I wanted to do when I shared that on my Instagram was ask all of you, what are some of the things you have on your body you think you're the only one that has? You think no one else can have boobs this lopsided. No one else can have a butt with this much cellulite. I wanted to give you the floor to open up about this to see how many overlaps there were. So I've got those here today and I'm going to read off some of them for you so you can see just how not alone you are in your body image worries and your body insecurities. So again, the question was, what is the thing you have you think no one else has? I'm sorry if you hear me clicking. I am opening these tabs. I forgot to open them before. Okay, so here are some of your answers. I'm going to read off a lot, actually. So here's a lot of answers. Hmm. The part of my boob armpit that sticks out of my sports bra. Uh, hypermobility, super flexible, which scares people. Armpit boobs, the fat around my armpit. Hair around my nipples. Excessive sweating. The big toe curve, the big toes curve slightly outward. My toes are squished and sit on an angle from wearing too narrow of shoes growing up. Um, my belly button is an in-betweeny. I have discoloration on both sides of my face, like bronzer, but not. My largest labia, large, larger-ish labia. Hair on my nipples. I get raw and inflamed around my groin during my period. Uber-wide hips. A lot of side boob and arms are very fatty. Always struggling with bad razor burn in private areas. Whoop whoop. My boobs aren't the same size. I have a lot of hair around my legs and pubic region. I bloat an insane amount. Sometimes I could pass for a pregnant lady. My areola is huge and dark. How much or how little choose I have... Sorry, how much or how little hair I choose to have around my private areas. I have a very small head. <laughs> Inner thigh fat. Wider shoulders and chest than almost all girls, more like a male body. Chronic pain. Hairy nipples. Discharge, any form of it, even though it's supposedly normal. Bony, bent fingers. Okay, so we get the, we get the picture here. It's a lot of overlaps. Women, we are afraid of our the fat that are, is in our arms and around our breasts because it's not technically the breast, but it's near the breast, but it should be the breast, but it's fat that's more around the chest region. Our fingers, our, the size of our head, razor bumps, where our hair is located. And why do we have these fears? Why do we let ourselves obsess over these things? It's because we see the same body day after day in thousands of advertisements that we are exposed to. You turn on the TV, you, same, you see the same body. You go to Instagram, you probably see the same body. You hop on a movie, you watch a show that you love, you see the same body. They are different bodies, but they are the same body. They are typically thin. They're, they are typically photoshopped. They are typically white, right? They are typically without cellulite. It's the same body. And we are not exposed to different types of bodies as we get older, as we reach puberty, as we reach our mid-20s, our mid-30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. We are not celebrating the individuality of these bodies, the uniqueness of our bodies. Instead, we are hiding and we are shaming it. 
Like literally, we are hiding these things about ourselves. We choose to wear clothing that covers these things up. We quote, dress for our body types rather than just dressing in whatever the heck we want. We let our minds run rampant with discouraging thoughts about us. And again, it all comes down really to control and to this abusive relationship the media has cultivated with us. So where do we go from here? One, we have conversations with our friends, with our family members, with our partners. We have conversations like this. I turned to my boyfriend and I said, tell me about other women's bodies. What do you see? What do you know? He told me everyone's bodies is different, but all of them have these flaws. It's sad to me that I had to turn to a man to ask about women's bodies. It's sad. It is really sad, but that's because we are not exposed to this. And that's why I love very natural nude photography. And I love women who are getting on Instagram and, sh- and sharing their messages about body love and body positivity and not making it exclusive. Because when I was doing mostly just body positivity work on this podcast and in my business, I was one of those thin white women, I, I admit it, I know this, that was speaking about body positivity. And for a lot of people, it felt like I was taking up their space where they want to be talking about body positivity because they have bigger bodies. But I think there's room for all of us. And I am not denying thin privilege. I am not denying white privilege. This is all very true. And, and even with those things, I can still speak up And I still can say, hey, I want to support in whatever way that I can. I want to share my truth without taking away the truth from others, just including more truth. Because what we need more right now is union between all of us feminine creatures, us saying, hey, I see you, I see your body, I see your being, and I worship that, and I uplift that, and I love that, and the world needs more of that. No matter what you got, no matter what you look like, I say we all need to be sharing more, even more about our insecurities because the more we talk about this, the more we destigmatize it. The more we destigmatize it, the more our desires and our worries and our thoughts become taboo. We de-taboo these things. I don't think that's a word. So know that if you're having body image thoughts, And you've done this work. You've been there. You've done that. It's okay. My two biggest tips for you, my three biggest tips. One, meditation. Learn how to reprogram and rewire your brain so that you don't have to do so much work to get to ultimately the same place. And that is being relieved of these thoughts. Two, create something in this beautiful body you have. Make this body worthwhile. Create something. It's so powerful. And it puts this body to use. And three, be vulnerable with trusted people, those you who you trust to hold you, to hold space for you, to listen to you, to not add shame to your story or where you're at, to not make your story all of a sudden really about them. Trusted sources, people you can go to and lean on. Those are my three main tips for this. If you have any more that you would like to add to this list, I would love to hear them. This is episode 229 of the podcast, all about body insecurities. So you can go on over to maddiemoon.com and leave a comment there about what's really served you. You can let me know on my Instagram by commenting on the photo for this episode. I hope this supported you on your journey. I encourage you to go out into the world now, go create something, share this episode with someone who's feeling really discouraged with their very, very perfect body. 
I encourage you to go unfollow accounts on social media or turn off the shows or burn those magazines that are making you feel less than and know that your body, cellulite, sagging arms, lopsided breasts, hairy nipples, folliculitis covered vulvas it is all natural and normal and it is okay and you are worthy and you are loved and you are freaking phenomenal and beautiful and meant to be here on this earth this body is merely just a meat suit to keep you safe it's your spiritual mobile home so that you can go see the world you can go make love and you can have fun and learn how to love deeper don't let your body be the thing that holds you back from what you're capable of doing on this planet Earth. Thank you.